it's crappy hour, but it's actually like madcap moss mossy hour. If it's uh, always if mossy hour, that's true. I I am your host, Madcap Moss. At, is he at Madcap Moss? Is that his actual handle on the internet? I have to at, make my own. He is at Madcap Moss on the internet. Uh, his label is WWE Superstar, philosophical comedian, and then he plugs SmackDown on Friday nights. You got it. You're always working, right? That's right. All right. It's crappy hour. I'm the actual guy who ha- who hangs out every single Tuesday here on Fightful Overbooked. It's youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. I am here with Lily. Lily, Lily, we've made it another week. There's so much going on. We have a lot of wrestling to talk about. We got a lot of news to talk about. First of all, how are you? That's the most important question I got. I'm like overwhelmed with information and just so many things going on, but thankful for that. If that sounds weird. I'm feeling thankful. What about you? I'm doing okay. We um we we've had a, a pretty a pretty crazy time at mm-hmm. the house. Uh it's it's been the weekend it was super duper hot in Toronto. We hadn't had a, a sudden like heat wave of a weekend and my place is not adequately prepared with air conditioning yet. So I had set up fans and then by Friday it had hit about 30 degrees celsius it was very hot but it was too hot and so we ended up uh, going to what i call the remote location for the weekend and uh we're able to still enjoy the time there but yeah let me tell you it was uh it, it made for a very busy weekend but we had air conditioning and now it's calmed back down it is nice and cool back in toronto for a few days i went out all day i touched grass i hope everyone else in our chat did as well and I hope that everyone in our chat here is doing well. And I hope that y'all are going to hit a thumbs up here on this video, that you'll leave some comments. Maybe you'll subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook, where we drop content over day, every day. And some days we talk about the stuff you love. And some days Jeremy Lambert talks about why he hates the game WWF No Mercy for N64 and why you guys are all wrong for liking the game when you were kids. But subjective art form, I know. He, he got He got railed. It, it, as I, he should when i look at the numbers for that he got absolutely lambasted oh boy <laughs> he loves those rage clicks he loves the rage clicks he does little troll that jeremy lambert i love him to death but my god he really he really set the world on fire yesterday and he's and he's doing it now he he put out a hangman page uh hangman page tweeted about finding an old reese's bar somewhere and then eating it and then he tweeted that he's fine. And then he promoted Dynamite tomorrow night. So clearly oh that had to be an article written for the site. God bless Jeremy Lambert and this wonderful, fightful, weird place. And if you want your weirdness shown to us, you can donate a Super Chat. What's a Super Chat? It's that little dollar sign on the YouTube window. It allows you to donate any amount of money. It starts around $2. It goes higher than that. I'm talking in the American-Canadian numbers. And then from there, what you can do with that is ask your question, get your statement, read on the air, talk about what we want to talk about with you, ask the questions you want to do, and it supports Fightful Overbooked because, as I say, we are self-funded. We are self-sufficiently self-funded. And then we have a Discord. There's a link in the description of the video. Go check it out. Do it now. Lily. We start with Van Twinblade sends a super chat. They're talking a little bit about Sasha Banks and Naomi. He says, there are people who believe WWE statement. I have a bridge to sell those people. Also, Eddie Kingston versus Davey Richards this Sunday at Glory Pro. Uh, we're going to talk about Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro oh, yeah. Ishii from Capital Collision, but Eddie Kingston versus Davey Richards at Glory Pro. That sounds fun. I would I would love to get my hands on that match. 
Um, do you want to do you want to start with New Japan? Or we, I guess we should really just jump right into what everyone's gonna want to talk about. I feel like we got. Yeah, talk I agree. About we got to talk about it, uh, and that is your um, your your broadcasting date. No, the uh, <laughs> Naomi and Sasha Banks left Raw last night before the show started and kind of threw stuff up in the air. And uh, Sean Ross Sapp, of course, uh, has been putting out reports and all the information he's gathering. He's putting it out on select every, God, it feels like every few hours. Um, I want your initial take on when you heard about them leaving and just like your general feelings. And then later on with WWE statement release, we'll read that and kind of dissect that a little bit and just talk a little bit about... uh, I don't know, how we're feeling and maybe how the chat's feeling and maybe what's next for Sasha Banks and Naomi if we were in those shoes, which we are clearly not. But uh, we'll play. Talk to me. So um, I think I was watching other wrestling um, when I got the news. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I know I should have uh, muted myself there. Um, and I was, you know, shocked, but also not shocked at the same time. Um, and I'll get to why I wasn't too shocked in a bit, but my initial reaction was um, that I'm happy for them um, because it is not my place or anyone's place except for those two women to ex- essentially explain what's going on and to finish, like finish whatever needs to happen, whether it's backstage, whether it's publicly. Um, and I tweeted about it earlier. And I think that my biggest takeaway from this is that um as a professional wrestler, but also as a human being, you have to know your worth. Um, And, you know, I think that there was this other tweet thread that went viral. Um, I forget his at, um, and someone in the chat might know it, but it's someone who's semi-close to Naomi. They follow each other on Twitter and they broke it down um, pretty succinctly. And, you know, if you get bad creative, and you push back a little bit and they essentially tell you to like F off or to get a better attitude, especially if you're a black woman. Um, it's, it's just such a bad look and to, you know, call two black women on air unprofessional is another huge yikes. Um, and I'm a white woman, so, you know, I can't really speak on any black issues or black statements with any, um, not any like to stand on, but it's not my experience. But, you know, as someone who's a human being, um, I just find that to be so um, not necessarily racist, but there are racial undertones there because we've seen um, Tony Storm and other people leave WWE, WWF, and no statement like this was made. It wasn't handled like this. So I'll, I'll start. It was um, Adidas Head 88 was the uh, the person who mm. had put up that thread. And there are certain pieces of that story that um, were, I'm not going to say deemed false because it's not what it is. They were just um, not like 100% what was going on. But again, like every story has multiple sides and anything it's, it's all, not it's, my story to tell either, right? Exactly. So. And like, we don't know for sure whose story it is or, or what's going on. We, we've we heard enough about the, the WWE statement having so many um, holes in it, to say the least. Eight hours to figure out a match? Like, that blew my goddamn mind, dude. So when MLJ tweeted that, MLJ, who was the, the ring announcer for, uh, for, for GCW, when he when he tweeted that out, 
And he was like, the the big takeaway here is that they said it takes eight hours to put together a wrestling match. I, I audibly laughed. And then I thought to myself, like, yeah, that's that's a huge hole. But most people won't know that just by, you know, like regular fan X doesn't know that putting together a match, it's as easy. You can call it in the ring. Hell, I have a show that I do every Sunday here on Five Flavor Book called Joe, Tim and Joel Call in the Ring. And the point is, is that you can do everything because you are a well-trained professional wrestler and you can then put everything together, calling it calling spot for spot in the ring. Uh, so that was one thing that definitely uh, took everyone out of it. The other thing was the statement uh, read about them feeling uncomfortable with a particular worker or two. And that doesn't just throw, that throws multiple people under the bus because it immediately calls into the question uh, who and whether or not this is like, are Naomi and Sasha the ones who are throwing people under the bus or is WWE doing it? And we very quickly found out it, it was it, it was WWE throwing people what felt like they were throwing people under the bus by saying, you know, they felt so-and-so wasn't uh, a safe worker. And then everybody in the know said, well, that's no, that's not true. That's not what's going on here. And it, that makes someone like Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop look really bad. And then later on, as we would discover that maybe the idea was to have Naomi and Sasha respectively go and face the Raw Women's Champion and the SmackDown Women's Champion. We're talking Bianca Belair and Ronda Rousey. You know, regardless of what you think about them, they have titles because they are not deemed to be bad workers, quote unquote. Say what you will about Ronda, I get it. Or say what you will, maybe Bianca Belair is not your cup of tea, whatever it is. Um, as we found out that there's a possibility that both women are potentially going to face the Women's Champions, you can't say that either of them are, are bad workers or, or unsafe, quote unquote, workers either, because then you're throwing your women's champions under the bus. So that's kind of where I started reading that and said that something, something real weird about this statement and just the way that they decided to play it out. It was uh, I'd love to know who made that that choice. And and, and I'd love to know who, who decided that a, a statement that not only went to Sean and then went to WWE.com. I'd love to know whose decision that was because they sure as hell don't tell us who the releases are. They let people like they, they let the media outlets report on the releases. Right. So it's uh it's kind of nuts. And for anyone who's going to come in here and say it's a work, no, it's not a work. We have so many people telling us it is not a work. Believe me, not a work. And on top of it, um this whole major heat thing i don't think they're gonna have major heat because lily i think you've seen all day on the internet wrestlers from all over the place what have they been saying they said the same thing that you just said knowing your worth and they both come in here both women have come in here and they've shown that they know their worth we you can talk about tony storm you and i had a, a conversation um offline yesterday uh agreeing and disagreeing at the same time about tony storm and how she was handled and how she knew her worth and she left because she wasn't uh she didn't she wasn't enjoying i think the creative that was being pitched to her but on the other hand of things um i've i've mentioned it to you she left because she maybe wasn't she was feeling burnt out maybe the schedule wasn't for her and that's understandable that is a tough tough schedule if you're in wwe um yeah just it, your your thoughts give me what do you what, what's going on in your head because i've been well, talking way too much the reports aren't helping anyone you know like it's 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 just making the executives and everyone look worse and you know i will say this on air um 
if that wasn't um, a black tag team, I don't think it would have been handled the same way. I really don't. Um, yeah. And it I, hasn't, and it hasn't been uh, handled the same way in the back. And, you know, on one hand you have Twitter and, and huge support. And it's amazing to see like how many wrestlers have worked with Sasha and worked with Naomi throughout the years. I have a Naomi figure. Like it's, it's so surreal to be holding this now. Like, my hair is green because I love Naomi, because I love Drade, because I love so many amazing wrestlers um, that kind of carry that like walking money, like walking amazingness um, to themselves. So I'm still like a little bit in shock. Um, and it's not like one or the other of these two wrestlers is even better than the other. And because they were a tag unit and decided to do this together, like that's some gangster shit. That's like amazing. <laughs> And FTR did the same thing. Like they yep. made a mockery of FTR and they are now thriving in AEW, which, and we've talked about how AEW isn't perfect either, but at, le at least they let the wrestlers do what they want and actually wrestle. Um, like yep. I watched, I, I'm not a huge WWE person, but I do like to watch it because I talk about wrestling and I like to know what's going on. Um, and I especially watched for Sasha and Naomi. So it's it's kind of like a holy f moment, and you know it's I think a lot of this is executives covering their asses because that's what happens in in every industry and especially to marginalized people, you know. So yeah, I I am like I I see everybody discussing the fact that these are two top black women on your roster, and the way that this is played out is absolutely horrendous, and I. I agree with it, but I'm also going to tell you as, you know, I am, I'm a white guy. I, I can support, uh, I, I do support these women. I absolutely think that they made the right choice to walk out and show their value. Um, I'm also, I uh, personally, I always feel nervous uh, talking about the race, the, like the, the racial implications of this. It's also hard to negate or not negate, but it's it's hard to disagree with people who are saying flat out, you know, anybody else who's walked out, they've never done something like this. They've never gone on the air and had lines fed through to Corey Graves, putting them down and making them sound like they're unprofessional. They've never treated them like, and and a hundred percent, it immediately looks bad, and it and, and that is just it just looks bad. Period. End of sentence. Yeah. And I see someone in the chat is saying, you know. Uh, Sean pointed out they didn't even do dick about like her Star Wars work. So the Star Wars thing is my general the the general feeling is that because WWE themselves didn't get her the gig, they're not gonna put her. They're not gonna promote her. It's the same thing. People don't know Jinder Mahal just did a stint on another TV show whose name escapes me, and WWE didn't say shit about that because they didn't get him the gig. That's how WWE works. It's a very insular world where, you know, when people like, okay, so people talk about the whole WWE's Marvel thing. And I think people took that a little too, um, both jokingly and not fully understanding what that meant. The Marvel thing is that they consider themselves their own world, their own sandbox. Nobody plays outside of it. Big Sky is the show. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, that's the show that uh, that Ginger was a part of. So nobody sees outside of the sandbox of WWE, much like Marvel doesn't always interact outside of their own sandbox as well. 
they Cody's here. They're not mentioning AEW. They're making allusions to where he's been, but they're not talking about where. They're not going to talk about him founding what is direct competition. That's the WWE way. For better or worse, that's kind of the way things go. So for them not to talk about, you know, Sasha getting the gig that they didn't get for for her. I, I kind of get it. I don't like it, but like I, I see where their brains are when they do that. I, I just think that's such a, like an outdated way to handle business period. And like, I also see someone in the chat is saying that, you know, they also prevented Naomi from getting any big deals, you know? Um, yes. and, and she's a star as well. And I think that everyone's kind of like focusing on Sasha, 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 but Naomi's part of this too. And, you know, like I said before, not one or the other is like more talented. They're both superstars. They both deserve, they both deserve those belts. And my question to you actually is, is you and I don't think this is a work, obviously at all. We agree it's on that. It's not a work. Stop saying it's like, a work. Obviously. It's not a but work. My, Stop it. My, my question is, is do you think that they will be able to patch this up or this is it? Yes, I do think so. I say that. Patch it up or this is it? No, I do think they'll be able to patch things up. because we've seen it time and time again you know as much as we shit on wwe and as much as we shit on vince mcmahon and the way that he does business you can't disagree with the fact that he's brought a lot of people back into the tent that left with bridges burnt scalding looking like it's never going to happen again a business disagreement is one a creative and a business disagreement those are those are mendable in, in most worlds. I don't think that uh, Vince. I think sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. Vince sees the value in both Sasha Banks and Naomi. Um, Naomi has been this curious case for so many years because she has been mistreated in a lot of ways, but at the same time, she's still there. They've never gotten rid of her, and I know that's a low bar. But the fact is, she's still gainfully employed. She has won championships. She has been on TV when she's been available. Uh, her her partner is a top line member of the roster as well. So that does, you know, for better or worse, that plays into everything. But they haven't done anything with them. Like, but I'm not, done but, I'm not, but I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this. I don't care about the on-screen in this case because it's not, mm. this is the interpersonal. This is just the, the work life situation. Right. Oh they, I'm sure that she's pitched a billion times to be part of the bloodline and creative. I, I, I'm positive that the, the Usos and Roman and Paul have been like, yes, let's do it 100%. That sounds great. But at the end of the day, it doesn't happen for whatever reason. I'm not there. You're not there. We're, we don't know why they don't do it. Um, but Naomi, like I said, she's a curious case. And when her time is up and she decides that she wants to move on or retire from WWE, whatever it is, she's going to have a lot to say about her experiences for better or worse. At the same time, she could also pull a Jillian Hall who went on Twitter this past week and said, there are a lot of things about John Laurinaitis that you don't know. Like Jillian said, she had a mental breakdown after suffering from a miscarriage. And like that was at TV. And John immediately, John Laurinaitis immediately, you know, got involved and as talent relations had, did what he could for her. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that John Laurinaitis is like the beacon of professionalism, the best guy in the world. But I'm also going to say that each and every instance is not how business works every single time, right? Your relationships are what dictate often how things play out. 
But at the end of the day, you know, women historically have not been treated with respect more than they have. Haven't. You, ha you know what I mean? Like there has been less respect for women than there has been respect in WWE. You will hear um, no at the end argument from me about that, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. And, you know, we've talked about this with AEW where like I think there's a lot of executive and backstage issues too with like too many cooks in the kitchen or conflicting ideas or not knowing what to do or having too big of a roster. At the end of the day, you look at the executive boards and it's mostly all like older generation like white dudes and not to make this like a racial thing but it kind of is because we need more diversity in the backstage we need more diversity everywhere period it can't just be the same old way over and over and over again and i think you know you're starting to see people kind of challenge this and people are trying to push back and talent is also like well i'm going to push back as well yeah i'm seeing in the chat you know someone saying uh, someone trying to shit on Corey Grace for it. Listen, I understand it, but he is the definition of don't shoot the messenger because he is getting that verdict from Vince. Could he stand up to his boss 100%? Would that do anything in the moment? Probably not because you got to assume my boss is pissed. Two of my top women, two, two women who are champions in this company are, you know, they've, they've walked out and now he's got to rewrite a major main event segment. I wouldn't want to cross my boss at that point because he could just, fire Corey on the air like at that point graves is doing his job and if you if you're blaming graves and being like oh you got a divorce you know all that, no again Corey graves the guy on screen and Corey graves the guy who is every day off off camera they're, they're two different people he looks terrible by the way like i don't mean to like i just like he looks terrible like he does not look well and i hope that he's okay because he looks terrible um and he you know slept in weeks that's all i get it uh, and you talked about the schedule. It's insane. Like you sign a contract, you make an agreement, you're on a scripted TV show. That's also, you know, athletic, yada, yada. Um, you show up to all these tapings, you get in makeup and they don't use you. And that's exhausting. Like the grind is just so crazy. And, you know, I would just like to see more from WWE because I will never, you know, deny that it's like legendary status. There's a reason why it's number one, yet they keep kind of like, pooing all over the fans by doing this and they keep pooing all over the talent by doing all this and the um like the common thread that i see with all promotions having issues is just holding on to these like old ways of wrestling you know what i mean and that does come down to you know not just talent it comes down to bookers it comes down to writers it comes down to managers executives behind the scenes and like you said this has nothing to do with in-ring character kayfabe stuff this has to do with behind the scenes business and this all played out like probably all day you know what i mean you get to the venue quite yeah. early you go to catering you get changed you maybe stretch a bit and they got this script and they were like mm -mm, we have to talk about this and there was a back and forth and through that back and forth they decided to leave and now it's on them like i said this is not media or Twitter, or anyone's story to tell, except for them. Period. And, like, and I, and I think, well, I think they'll be back. Mm. I think they will be back. I think it's in WWE's best interest to smooth it over. I think it's in their best interest. I don't, someone I don't in the comments, sorry, someone in the comments says, "I worked for Walmart." It's the same thing. It's so true. It's like it, yep. it, every big corporation is is it's it's a grind. They they suck you in and they can spit you out just as fast. And, and I and, don't like that. I've said this before about WWE that the, you are not there to play your role. You're there to fill the role that they've made for you. 
and th- a good example of this is Butch. You think you think Pete Dunn wanted to come in and be Ooh. Butch? I think he. But first of all, he's doing a f- great job of it right now. If you watch it, it's entertaining as hell. If you Yo. know, go ahead. I'm convinced that the executives saw an episode of Peaky Blinders and were like, that's it. We're going to do a Peaky Blinders bit. I think they saw how him and Trent Seven and Tyler Bate dressed that one time in a photo shoot for UK and said, I want that. Give me those guys. But anyway, the, the point is with Butch, he is filling a character role that was written for. He, he's filling a role. Undertaker, same thing. The Undertaker was literally Mark Calloway getting a phone call from Vince McMahon saying, are you my undertaker? It wasn't, hey, Mark, uh, I'm thinking of bringing you in. Do you have any character pitches for me? Only guys like Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE can get a this is what I'm thinking type of conversation with Vince. And I'm not saying wrestlers aren't able to pitch You for can't their talk to Vince, though. Like, Vince is you barely can, like a human though. at this point. I've, I have been told otherwise when it comes to Vince. It's not that he's inaccessible. It's just that he is busy AF and he does make, he makes, he'll make time, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to glorify him either. I'm not going to tell you that he's like, you know, you can walk into his office anytime. No, it's very much pick your spots. It's been like that forever. But with Vince, I think it's very much, he's, he's accessible. He's easy, but he's also really easy at telling you what you want to hear and then still going on his way. And that's, that's, that's the way he's been forever. Well, he's a marketer. He's a marketer. He's a he's a promoter. He is not a storyteller. And this has been the problem in WWE when it comes to creative for years and years and years that they they're so good at giving you a character idea, but they're not mm-hmm. always good at building that character out until they have to, or unless that character is just it becomes so one dimensional that they have to find a second third dimension for it, or else it just burns out. And they're having a lot of problems getting those second and third. Um, those 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 other aspects of the character belt out and this could kind of segue into the next conversation about you know long game for wwe it's like you know it, it's such a money maker but to me it seems like all roads lead to the rock versus roman and that's like kind of like all that they seem to give a shit about um i yes i want to talk about that i also just want to bring up sorry i see fluffy in the chat uh saying wouldn't it be hard to put the titles back on Sasha and Naomi after so much press on them giving it up? Now, here's the thing. Them saying that they just put the tag title belts down and left doesn't mean forfeiture. It means they left. The, the, that It is such a, like, it, it's such a, a, a obtuse, uh, or not obtuse. It's a, it's such an easy fixable. They could have just said yes comment. too. Like, holy crap. Like money yeah, in the bank have. is like a long, long way down the road. Honestly, I think it comes down to a bunch of people wanted something. Another group of people wanted something else. And that day, everyone was just not giving into any of it. They could vacate the titles, but there's really no point. I just think they're going to bring them back and it'll be water under the bridge somehow, or they'll make reference to it. They'll do something to get through it, whatever it is. Um, Let's so you want to talk about the longevity of of, mm-hmm. of WWE, right? Like I'm not saying oh it's gonna like shut down. I'm just saying like to me, like I don't see that like the point of parts of the product anymore. Like especially NXT, it's like what are we doing with this? Like I if I was in charge, I'd probably shut that product down. And I would you know, I wouldn't. And 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 like I said, like all they seem to focus on is building one or two stars at a time. That's it, right? It's like an action movie. So now they're like, oh, we got to get the Rock and Roman. We got to get the Rock and Roman. 
and and it's just so lazy and insulting to fans. Do you consider WWE to be a a wrestling property? Not don't don't do the whole like sports entertainment versus wrestling thing. Do mm-hmm. you consider at its core? Do you consider WWE to be a a wrestling show? It used to be, and now it's not. You're right. It's a media mm-hmm. content farm. That's all it is. And I think as people come to understand the amount of content that is being pushed out by these people to be sold, they're really there at the end of the day to put as much content out there so that they can pitch to other partners how they how they can monetize on the content they make. For better or worse, again, there are alternatives if you're looking for that pro wrestling experience that you want. But I can also tell you that pro wrestling experience might not grow in the same way that you think it would. It's not 99. It's not 1999. It's not 2005. It's a time when wrestling is just, it's, it's, it's hot, but it's not popular. If that makes sense. When we talk about, let's, let's talk about ratings for two seconds. You can't get over 2 million on, on the traditional rating scale. The same 2 million, let's say who are watching raw are then segmenting and watching literally everything else. Let's say that, let's just say that it's it's a it's pyramid. Let's just say it's pyramid. Let's say the top is that 2 million are watching Raw, and then they are kind of trickling down watching everything else. SmackDown, uh, AEW, Dynamite, Rampage, whatever. They're, they're, they're watching little things here and there. They're watching, maybe they're watching Impact now. By the way, Fightful.com, Thursdays, we're doing a post show now. Uh, myself and, and Cresta. Uh, sorry, cheap plug. My point being that, WWE is not a wrestling property. It's not. It is a media content farm. So then why pretend that you're a wrestling company? That's my question because like I've had those conversations as well where it's like, okay, like this isn't even like a wrestling product anymore. Why not just like sell it to Disney or sell it to whoever, sell it to Fox and just make it into like movies? Like I actually like quite a few of the horror movies that WWE has done. Because people like the um, the style of what WWE is. It's it it is someone's vision of wrestling. And that's good enough for a lot of people. Clearly, like millions of people watch it. It's just cra- like I think that's crazy too that like it's like it's still number 1. Um they they've also had a a huge jump. Crazy. They they have a huge head start uh, from anyone else out there, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about how AEW is number 2 and and listen, realistically, when you think about them, they are number 2, but it's it has a distant two in the grand. Poor impact. Thing. Poor, poor impact. Impact's been around for 20 years, but impacts had the same. It will problem. never die. Impact will never die. For better or worse, it will never die. And right now they're on a hot streak. And that's why I'm doing these post shows is because they're doing really good storytelling, really good TV. Impact is fun to watch again, in my opinion. So we, we should be talking about it. But when it comes to longevity and when it comes to not falling off the mountain, WWE, they went public. They never looked back. And they they realized ways to become a content farm. When the network jo- remember the network when the network joined up in in 2014, <clears throat> excuse me, and everyone said it's going to be millions and millions of subscribers, and then it wasn't. And then the conversation shifted from not millions and millions of, of subscribers. Instead, we're going to maybe bring uh, all of Raw and SmackDown. Let's say we're going to start having Raw and SmackDown air exclusively on the network. But then people realize, wait, if only three million people are watching Raw at the time. And you think we're going to get six to seven million subscribers on WWE Network and 1.5 are already there. We're not going to get those numbers. 
So they quickly realized we have to change our thought to getting more money for TV rights fees. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're after. We're just trying to get more money. AEW got that DraftKing money now. I saw they and do. I was like, oh. Um, but it's, and I saw in the comments too, it's two totally different fan bases too, right? Like a lot of people who go to AEW shows and go to, you know, these American New Japan shows here and go to PWG and GCW and blah, 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 blah. Those are like wrestling fans who want to see like wrestling. So yeah. those people might also go to WWE, but they have like a different relationship and it's a different type of like fan base. And and I see a lot more families in the audience um, at WWE, a lot more youngsters, a lot more just, just young. Oh yeah. And also send your super chats, you cowards for Mad Cat Moss. He's going to be the Impact X champion one day. I just know it. <laughs> It's gonna be so someone do it. I will I will read your somewhat spicy comments on air, but send in some super chats for Mad Cat Moss. And now I forget what I was talking about. We're talking about money making content machines. Yeah. And 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 also the fact that wrestling does exist outside of the WWE bubble, outside of the AEW bubble. It does exist. And, you know, like Van Twinblade at the beginning of the show sent us a super chat talking about Glory Pro. Like there is so much wrestling available. IWTV is a great place to go. If you're an audio person and you listen to The Weekender with Steven Jensen on Fightful Select, he goes over this stuff. It's all there. Uh, by the way, Biz D, thank you for the super chat saying, can I get some M's in the chat from Mad Cat Moss? Please do it. Please. M's in the up. chat. We need to in see some chat. M's in the chat. Jay's in Mad the chat Cat for Joel. Watch this. Let's go. Come on. M, M's, M, M's M. Mad Cat. So, yes, we're, we're at this weird spot where, like, it's it, it's a media company. And for people, I'll, I'll even bring it right back to the Sasha Banks and Naomi thing. People saying Sasha should be going to AEW. I don't think that's where she would go because... Stop putting when, people in AEW. Like, stop saying that. That, that too. And when you're at the the the, the top of the... Um, when you're at the top of the, 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 quote, media of wrestling landscape, that's when... You're you're not going anywhere. She can do Hollywood. She'll sooner go oh, yeah. up to Hollywood. Now Ryan me with too. the chat. Joel needs to dress like Matt Cap. Why can't oh my God, we dress all, like both Matt of us? Yeah. I will with the suspenders. It'll be Could pretty you? wild. Yeah, yeah, you have to yeah. do the suspenders and the shorts and the, the the belt. You have to wear the belt with the the shorts. I'm getting um. I'm gonna get a replica Divas belt soon, so that will oh. be incorporated. All part of the aesthetic. That's where your super chats are going towards. By the way, Lily's uh Lily's custom Divas title belt. And smut. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. That would I did not agree to that. But that's 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 what wrestling. That's what WWE is now. It is a media content farm. And uh, I, I I implore everybody listening. Some of you already do. Check out WrestleNomics with Brandon Thurston. Please listen to Brandon's stuff because when he talks about wrestling and when he talks about WWE, he really gets into the nitty gritty of where the money is coming from, where it's going, and why the way you think about wrestling should change a little bit like that. Um, Graham with the super chat saying Sasha should leave him military. They're already militarized, fam. They are they're already, already assembled. Yeah, they've already they've gotten together. They've assembled. They've they're working on every little piece. I'm part of the Naomi army, bro. Like, is it the Nay army? Is that what it is? I know, but no? N's in the chat for Naomi. S is in the chat for Sasha, and L's in the chat for Vince McMahon. God, I'm excited for Matt Catmoss to come back and beat the shit out of everyone. And then, Raw's here for my show. birthday, and he's not going to be here because he's not on Raw. Well, it'll be August 22nd, so who knows? We'll be there, baby. We're going to try and go to Raw. We'll see. Um, hey, okay, before we before we do the New Japan stuff, 
Uh, you want to you want to talk about your uh, your your big weekend, your big Sunday night? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to see my you... bruise from a turnbuckle? What the hell? How? Yeah, this is like not bad anymore. I did um, it was like an Irish whip, but it was like an actual Irish whip, not like the fakie. And wild. I did like a like a corner spot where I was like oh like in the corner, and I somehow bashed uh because I just like went for it and I bashed uh this old guy. Oh fuck, um, it still really hurts. <laughs> It still really hurts. I'm all bruised up. Like, I don't know if you can see. Yeah, I got bruises everywhere. So some of our listeners are new. Welcome, by the way. Thank you. It's good to see you. We appreciate you. Uh, it, by the way, we like the video, you. subscribe, do the whole thing. We love you. Uh, Lily is actively training to be a wrestler. Uh, Lily also did something that I am super jealous of, and I love that she was able to do this. Tell me about your Destiny Pro Wrestling weekend experience, please. Why I'm just plugging. I'm plugging Super Kick for a second. Oh, you got to. That's right. Super Kick Wrestling in Toronto, Ontario, downtown. Let's get it. They got a show coming um, up soon next week. Oh no, this weekend, Friday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. There's a chain rope match. There's going to be all types of uh, all this types got of it. fun. Uh, Psycho Mike is facing Taylor Wild and Taylor Rising with uh, one of the main coaches, I think, or I forget yep. whom it is. Oh no, Taylor Rising's boyfriend actually, who is Mark uh, Wheeler. Wheeler. Mark Wheeler, who's incredible um so yeah there's going to be some really good wrestling on friday um and yeah destiny was wild i got approached like kind of like friend through a friend that just kind of saw me as a social media wrestling mark i guess and was like hey we need a guest ring announcer you want to do it and i obviously said yes immediately um and destiny has been doing some really cool work for a while and i'm sure you have a little bit more context than i do but um i pulled up their cage match and They've had some pretty impressive people throughout the years, like um, Taya Valkyrie, obviously Josh Alexander, um, Lou Fisto, um, Mike Bailey, the, the list goes on. A lot of impact people kind of come through there. Um, and I got to work alongside uh, Josh Alexander um, and his wife, who's lovely, and his kid and their kid, who is absolutely insane in the best way just has so much energy and is going to be a, a killer one day for sure um and who else was there it was such a whirlwind the tabernacle the tabernacle team from montreal were amazing um if you don't know tabernacle team tdt you should go oh, and check them out very follow very, very tdt talented. they're amazing yeah. and then just so many amazing people from battle arts santino and i got to kind of sit down and he gave me a little bit of advice because I was, you know, a little bit nervous and same with Jade. She gave me some advice because she's a pro. Like she's, she's been involved in the business for so long. Um, Josh Alexander put over uh, Sean a little bit when we were chatting and Fightful. And he was like, I didn't Sorry even know the that. office was in, he was like, I didn't even know the office was in Toronto. And I was like, well, <laughs> it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Um, and it was super surreal. And that referee, I forget his name. He's a legend uh, with the mustache. What's his name? Oh, the old guy? An older guy, yeah. Uh, it's not Henry, is it? I think it, I think so. He's a legend. He's refed for um, Hogan and like everyone. Um, oh, Jimmy Corderas. There you go. Sorry, I, I think you're talking about the Ontario Indie ref, referee who's been around forever. His name's Harry. That's the guy I'm thinking of is Harry, but you're talking about Jimmy Corderas. Um, and he was amazing. Like everyone was just so amazing. Like uh, I used to work in the music industry and a lot of people have really big egos in music and, and people obviously have big egos in wrestling. I mean, it's like you have to have an ego to be in wrestling, but um, everyone was just so lovely. Um, 
the like even the promoters were were like just so lovely not the promoters are bad people but um I have nothing bad to say about it and just being in a ring like during an event that's being taped is crazy um just because it's so hot in the ring uh, with those lights on you, it's nuts. Um, and I did some backstage interviews with TDT and um, Alexia Nicole, who's awesome. Oh, she's wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah, really cool chick. Um, and it's hot. Like, it gets so hot under those lights. And I forgot about that because I used to go to TV tapings, like, when I was younger at Much Music and MTV. Um, but that was, like, the scariest part of it. I was like, oh, my God, I hope I don't look like a sweaty, like, mess. And and I kind of like the my the the first one I was kind of like oh my god but as the night kind of progressed I got more comfortable on the mic and was you know doing my best uh, justice to uh, Justin Roberts and Bruce Buffer. Did the did you get the crowd doing any chance? Did you engage the crowd? They told me not to too much, but yeah, really? I did the I did the one fall thing and nice. and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Would you do it again? Would you do ring announcing again? Oh my God. Yes. I, I am attention. I'm an attention whore. I love, like, <laughs> I love just commanding a room. It was so much fun. And now that I've done it once, like now I know like kind of what not to do or what to do, because, you know, beforehand you have to like talk to all the wrestlers, ask them like what their nicknames are, what their weights are, where they want to be billed from all that shit. And then you kind of have to like make your own script on the fly. Um, and I had like a notepad, like most people have, you know, do it in an earpiece sometimes or with a clipboard. Um, but yeah, man, it was super surreal. And I was wearing boots that were about like that high and you have to get out of the ring like quite, quite a bit. And my training kind of helped me, but I kind of like vaulted over like oh, to no. get off. And I like landed on my foot so bad. And my foot was like botched for a day after and my voice is a little like, a little raspy mm -hmm. um because of it too um and i can't imagine what someone like bruce buffer or um ian riccoboni or or any of these guys like they must have to drink a lot of tea to hot water know. with honey and lemon you as well like you you're a content king right now like uh, you've got your I, new I, show yeah meanwhile yeah. while we're on the air the xfl is linked to deal with walt disney and espn they're gonna be Whoa. the exclusive broadcast rights i forgot that existed i forgot it's vince I mcmahon's mean. too holy crap it's not anymore it's the rock and danny garcia it's it's uh it's no the rock shit. and his ex-wife yeah yeah they they bought the they bought the gimmick so yeah xfl with disney and espn that's uh that's gonna be interesting breaking news breaking news right on the air that's what we do now but uh yeah that's that's insane like i've i've always thought about doing the um the, the ring announcing gimmick i've never You'd done be great. it Thank you. I, I I would love to try it out. I, I want to take Steve's job at Greek Town. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just gonna I'm gonna walk up to uh, I'm gonna walk up to Channing at the next show at Ted Reeve Arena in Toronto on June 25th, where I will be, and I hope you Get will too. Get your tickets. I'm gonna walk up to Steve and I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna take your job. But first, I'm gonna walk up to uh, I'm gonna walk up to Channing Decker and be like, Hey, the guy you've had for the last two years, I want his job. He's done. My neighbor is the ring announcer for Superkick too. And I was like, holy crap, what oh, a small awesome. world. Yeah, Justin, you probably know him. He's a really cool guy. And uh, he he goes hard. Like he's he's so charismatic because it really depends on the promotion too. Like Destiny is a little bit like more serious, like not in a bad way, but it's a little bit more serious. So like they, you know, you have a pre-show meeting as a team and you kind of discuss like, and that was like a cool aspect of it too, kind of seeing how they like run through spots and stuff. It doesn't take eight hours, by the way. Really? I've been told, though, by like the biggest wrestling media content farm that it takes eight hours to put together a match. No. Doesn't really? Okay. Wow. Good to know. So what's New next? Japan? 
New Japan. Yeah, let's talk about Capital Collision. My God, friends, let's talk about New Japan. Let's talk about stuff we, we enjoyed from this past weekend. First of all, Leo Rush, I got to say, loved seeing Leo Rush show up. Loved seeing Leo Rush say he's coming back and he's going to call out all of the juniors. The junior heavyweights are on notice. He wants Romu. I'm all for that. I like I knew he had unfinished business. I just like I was like, oh, this is random. Like I wasn't mad at it. I was just like, this is so out of left field. Well, he's a Washington uh, D.C. guy, right? He, he I think he's built oh, okay. from there and maybe lives there. But uh, for for us to see him, it was a big surprise. And of course, yeah, like, I was like, whoa. With it comes all the dorks just being like, man, he's gonna retire again in three months. I don't give a shit. I, I want him to be happy. I want to be healthy, and I want him to wrestle at every single level possible. And I think that's the best part. Um, QT Marshall on the dark match. I died. That was so funny at the beginning. Yes, I, I there were I, so I missed a few things, but I, I kind of went back and, and watched as much as I could. Um, Carl Fredericks, by the way, is, is amazing. Took on Ren Narita and and beat him. Which was great. Like, Ocon match was yeah. amazing too. I great. Ocon's one of my favorite signings to New Japan ever. I just Did love you, his character work, and oh my god, he's an incredible wrestler. When Great Ocon debuted a few years ago, people were shitting all over that gimmick. Oh yeah, I hate oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's definitely become a little more entertaining in the New Japan scope of things because that's not normally what New Japan does. But for him, I think it works. It's a fun gimmick. And he beat Chase, or sorry, Chase Owens beat him, which uh, they did a like a comedy heavy match. What a swerves. Yeah, they did a lot of things that were unexpected. They did just some random roll ups with uh, feet on the ropes, things like that. But overall, it was, yeah, that was a good match. Really, really enjoyed, by the way, TMDK taking on Cobb, Hanare, Fletcher, or uh, Aussie Open, Fletcher, and Davis. Were those the guys um, that were dressed like super horny? Like they just all looked like super horny, like video game characters i mean all wrestlers kind of do i was but... gonna say you're gonna have to specify jonah's the big dude you remember jonah well jonah impact. i know from impact yeah, yeah yeah and then he tamed he teamed with shane hayes and mikey nichols who were tmdk or tm61 in in, in nxt and then bad dude oh, with jeff cobb and everyone yeah yeah, yeah yeah so jeff cobb was on the other yeah. side it was it was yeah, jeff yeah. cobb aaron hanari and then uh, aussie open that was such a good run and, and to see tmdk who have been around for for years as a big team Back You've seen together? them back, back together, yeah. baby. Big yeah. shit. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Jonah and New Japan Pro Wrestling too. I want to yeah. see him rush. I want to see him and Jeff Cobb. First of all, there's on. I want to hug him. I, I just want to go to a meet and greet and be like, I know this is kind of weird, but like, can I just hug you, like, respectfully? Can we do the prom pose, Jonah? Oh my god, that that Mickey that popped me so hard when she like wrote the reasoning behind it. I was like, obviously she like knew this person. She wouldn't just post this photo yeah, exactly. um and i got it like the two matches i mean all the matches were good especially like the iwgp which like oh my god like they're setting up all types of crazy stuff between moxie and osprey i thought it was going oh, go to go down to moxie yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good god i was gooped and some of the um like some of the maneuvers were just insane like the the whole match was good but there was a rally in like the last five minutes where they were just like pulling out all the spots and like using the entire arena, the floor, the turnbuckles, the ropes. It was insane. Like Osprey is not human. Will Osprey, his story in New Japan, I'm so upset that it took me this long to like remember and figure mm -hmm. out what the hell it is. And it's that he keeps getting screwed by New Japan in, in all of his matches. And it happens again. Like it happened in the Moxley match uh, about a month ago. And, and it happened again here where, you know, low blow was the finish. He had Juice beaten, pinned, but instead Juice low blowed him and hit whatever that move was. It looks like a bangerang, but it's not. Uh, and, and and lost again. 
Juice and Juice Robinson wins the IWGP US title. Rock uh, hard, baby. <laughs> Rock hard, Juice Robinson. Uh, did you think Juice Robinson would be in this role? Did you think he would be doing as well as he's doing coming back? No, and I, I'm like, like not to be a dick, but I was like shocked. I was like, ooh, I don't know, going into this. And I was like, oh, oh my God. But I thought that they were going to like kind of do some like sneaky, sneaky stuff with John Moxley. But I guess he has so much stuff going on now um, that it's not feasible. However, we got Forbidden Door and all this stuff coming up. So it felt like they were just, they, they were using Tanahashi and Moxley's input to this four-way mm-hmm. as like the bridge to get them to forbidden door the one mm-hmm. where they're going to do tana and moxley and it doesn't need a title on the line which is perfect i don't need a title for it unless somehow tana and juice have a i, I don't know when dominion is but if new japan dominion is before forbidden door and there's some title switches um then you could see some some iwgp title matches uh dominion is june 12th so it's actually before Ooh. It's before Forbidden Door. So you could see Tana win the IWGP US Championship back yeah. and then do Tana and Moxley for that title. Uh, yeah. Or it doesn't really need it because Tana is an amazing... Tana, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend. Moxley is Moxley. And Moxley has the AW and New Japan connection already. Tana has never worked an AEW program. Uh, nope. This would be a good way for them to do it. And that's, that's really neat. And um, kind of yeah. Japan related, I, I have a prediction that one of the Jokers is going to be uh, Maki Ito, um, or the Joker is going to be Maki Ito in AEW, just because some of her bookings around those dates just got canceled. So I'm curious to see if she pops up. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Sasha Banks. No. Um... <laughs> boo. Not boo at Sasha Banks, but boo at that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then I would the... actually love to see that. Yeah, 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 and she and uh, Yuka Sakazawa, Yuka Sakazawa, Yuka Sakazawa is in. Um, Did you just say? Hold on. Did you just say Michael Nakazawa, but you meant Yuka Sakazaki? I said Yuka Sakazawa. Yeah, but it's Sakazaki. It's Michael Nakazawa. See, I'm too white. I'm too white to, uh, <laughs> to, okay. to not confuse. To not it's confuse okay. Japanese names, which got, can be similar. They can be similar. You have to admit. It's kind of like us with Jewish true. names. You got like Feinberg, Feinstein. It's like yeah, Pearlstone, Pearlstein. But I with Masha Slamovich, is it in PWG? That's the match with Yuka? Yes, Yuka yeah. and uh, and it's Masha Slamovich. They're going to be a PWG. I'm stoked for that match. Um, yeah. Big fan of the dorks who are coming for Alley Catch who once said, I wish PWG would book women and now they're booking women. And Ali's just like, yeah, good on them. I'm glad they finally booked women. Like it's not about Ali getting bookings. It's about women getting people are a, so you know, bizarre exposure. So bizarre. Masha and yeah, Masha and Yuka Zagazaki at their PWG show, which I'm sure you and I will be able to watch six months after it happened. Cause that's the way it goes. Um, let's talk about Ishii and Kingston oh. from, from capital collision. That so, was a hard hitting match. Shout out uh, Riccoboni for just being such an incredible commentator um, in terms of giving the backstory in such a short and succinct period of time. And the way that he set up this match, you know, Eddie Kingston, you know, when he was younger, he grew up watching, uh, you know, like, like Puro, like Puro tapes. And back then you didn't just get them on YouTube. You had to physically mail order them or buy them. And, giving this context before a match really helps with the storytelling. And I like, I could almost tear up talking about it because the story between Ishii 
and Eddie Kingston to me is almost like putting a mirror between them and they're both looking at each other and it's the same person and they both have the same moves and they're both trying to prove themselves who's like the stronger one. And I've said it before on, I think last week's episode that no, you don't really win or lose when you face off with Ishii, you just survive. Yeah, it's true. And it goes hard. And Eddie just did such a good job kind of honoring New Japan while still, you know, giving him mustard and and giving a really like hard hitting strong style match that was so emotional and just so incredible. Um, and I, I'm just so happy for Eddie. You know what I mean? That was like one of his dreams coming true. Um, and yeah. It was a great match. It was a lot of fun to watch. You could see Eddie was having the time of his life, even in defeat. Ishii has, he needed a win, especially after mm-hmm. the last, his last little uh, excursion in AEW and in, in Impact, where he wasn't getting a ton of wins. In fact, like the big matches he was losing, but then he was having other matches where he had a couple of wins, but this was a statement win for Tomohiro Ishii. That and, backbreaker with Josh Alexander, I got oh, to no. see in person a destiny and i it's it's one of the most horrific things you will ever see in wrestling it's it's the craziest move ever yeah because he Josh did it Alexander, on Ishii. the oh. powerbomb backbreaker is, is nuts i love it uh and by the way brody king and minara suzuki another really good match didn't expect suzuki to lose very happy to see brody king go over though because but brody now we king, can go back Yes, now we can do it again. And I want to watch these two beat the shit out of each other again. I want to watch I want to watch a tag match between Eddie and Brody and Suzuki and Ishii and just watch them try and figure it all out. Look at TK, you coward. I don't I know you know what? Do it in New Japan. Just do it there. Yeah. I don't I don't care if they do it in Ada. Do it, do it at Forbidden Door. Let's do that, Forbidden Door. That's the tag. I mean, if Brody and Eddie could be friends somehow in K, like in in kayfabe and storyline, then we could do the match. But sadly, not. The burn makeup came to New Japan too. I was like, can we not do the burn makeup anymore, Eddie Kingston? Oh yeah, no, it's fine. I like it because Eddie likes to uh, he likes to to keep kayfabe across everywhere True. because he's not a universal guy. He is a everything happens in the world type of guy. Even after the match when he lost, Kingston was like. I don't want to give a post-match presser because I'm so pissed off that I lost, but tomorrow's another day, so we'll fight. I yeah, like shout that out to the tape traders. Yes, shout hell out yeah. to the tape traders. That's what I'm all about, them tape traders. Uh and uh Jay White and Hikaleo, they Oof. uh they defeated Kazuchika Okada and Rocky Romero Bullet and Club match- is going to win everything. <laughs> everything. They're just gonna win everything. It was good. Um big, big fan of Jay White, and I love Hikaleo. Hikaleo can do no wrong for me. He uh, he just continues to to be Impressed. a good looking dude. That's all it is. That's Yo. really all it is. He's tall. He's good looking, and he's he's Meng's son. He's Haku's son. How can you hate that? Everyone Wait, like sure, yeah. everyone was being so vulgarly sexual to uh, Konsuke on on uh, Twitter. Like after his debut, it was kind of amazing. People were just like, "Hit me with a car, break my back." Like just the <laughs> funniest, funniest, most inappropriate things to say but yeah a lot of these um like japanese wrestlers are punks and they go hard they do i'm trying to figure out if he's uh i don't think he's actually uh oh yeah and uh, biz is saying shout out to eddie's wife and kids and i love that like it changes every time my wife of 20 years my kids like it it always changes he would have been what like 19 20 years ago i don't know how old eddie is he's in his 40s for some reason i'm guessing late 30s early 40s yeah Either way, I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed Capital Collision. I got to watch it later after the fact, and it was a good time. Um, 
is there anything else that that you really want to touch on? There was there was dynamite, there was rampage, there was stuff all week. We always Oh, can I say it. something? Um No. So, the past week in wrestling when it comes to like mainstream like WWE, AEW and Impact, it just felt like a little bit off to me because like we were coming off like such like high momentum from all these like banger um dynamites and this and that, but I felt that a lot of the matches were just like a little off and maybe next week we can discuss it. Like, should there be an off season in wrestling? So maybe I'll just leave it at that. That has been a conversation that has been around for ages and there are so many sides to it. Mm -hmm. And I've heard so many different arguments for and against an off season. You can argue in certain ways and we don't get into it now, but I'll, I'll just hit on this quickly. Um, I'll hit on this now. WWE kind of, has an off season in the summer in that they try to book a different, maybe a different champion or maybe different people. And they try to maybe just shuffle the deck a little bit before, you know, going back to whatever the hell they do come Monday night football comes back. There's a lot that goes into doing an off season, but I, I agree with you. Is there room for an off season? That's a conversation worth having for sure. Um, and it's tough when you have a lot of the same people wrestling every week. You want to know if they can go every single week. And you were a musician, right? Like you tour, you play hundreds of shows. And some nights you're just like, wasn't a good one. Dude, some nights I would come off stage and I'd be thinking more about whether or not the burger in my dressing room is going to be cold or if I had a good show. so or, or how quickly I can go back to the hotel, take a shower. Like there are days like that. Some days are better than others. It just and look, sucks. We're when... at one hour. We're at one yeah, hour. exactly. You've gotten to the end of it. Only thing I want to end on. And it's very simple. Put the Mad Cat Moss overlay up, you coward! Please, I, please. I'll put it up. I'll put it up as um, as I discuss this very quickly. Um, oh my god, I didn't know that one, but that one's great too. The reminder for everyone that uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conchi do, in fact, have sex. Um, and I really did not need the end of Rampage to go the way it did because that thing was absolutely disturbing and awful and the worst. Over it. Over the worst. It. The worst. <sighs> I don't even Ditch want to talk him. about it like because it's Do just like, stop, 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 stop. Ditch Dan Lambert. Send us all your super chats in the future. Lily. Moss heads, moss heads. Everyone's a moss head. Where can the people find you on the internet? They can find me at Lily Z on Twitter. And from there, you can find all my other wonderful things on Fightful, Strange Comforts, Destiny, Super Kicked, all these other things that I am attached to, kind of. Works for me. It's Fightful Overbooked. YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. We drop content all the time. Sometimes it's Be every nice. day. Sometimes Touch twice grass. Be good to each other. Touch grass. Starting this Thursday, myself and Cresta, we're going to be doing the live post-impact shows on youtube.com slash Fightful. Go ahead, check it out. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we will see you in the next one. Cheers. Be good to each other. <laughs>